Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Saturday is the anniversary of the 1973 tragic abortion decision. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. On January 22, 1973, the infamous day that the Supreme Court issued a 7-2 decision regarding abortion, thus opening the door to kill babies in the womb from the moment of fertilization and conception all the way till they take their first breath outside of the womb. And tragically, over 63 million babies have lost their lives. In addition to the lost lives of these babies, many women, many mothers, many families, many fathers have had significant psychological and even physical harm as a result of the Supreme Court's tragic decision. We pray that this decision will ultimately be overturned in the case of Dobbs that was argued on December 1, 2021. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But this is a day that Ronald Reagan actually issued a proclamation on January 13, 1984, designating January 22 as the first National Sanctity of Human Life Day. And from that time uh, to the present, uh, that has been designated as this particular day to remember uh, the tragedy of those killed, harmed, uh, because of the Supreme Court's abortion decision. Yeah, and you know, it's ironic, tragically, that approximately 3,000 people lost their lives on September 11th in the World Trade Towers, that, that day that we'll never forget. But every day, every day, more than 3,000 babies are killed by abortion in America. And even more tragically, Matt, most of those are done for convenience and social reasons. Yeah. Yeah, abortion has become a huge tragedy, and it is a, a, the epitome of the Supreme Court's uh, activism, abandoning the rule of law, because that is the case, Roe v. Wade, that I first read before I was an attorney, while I was a pastor. I became interested in the issue of abortion by virtue of viewing the documentary called Assignment Life. It was in 1983 as I was pastoring, and I viewed this with other pastors. Obviously, Roe v. Wade was mentioned there. I went down to the local Right to Life organization, got all their literature, and asked for Roe v. Wade. They pointed me, this one lady did, to the University of Kentucky Law Library, where I went there, asked a librarian to find it for me. They did. I copied it, took it home, and read it. And it was very clear from a non-attorney standpoint reading this that it didn't make sense because the court decision overviews the history of abortion, going all the way back to the Hippocratic Oath. When Hippocrates issued this oath, it actually says that doctors were to take this oath not to administer a poison to a woman that would cause an abortion. This was back in the days of the Greeks. So doctors were not supposed to cause an abortion. And then you take that through Greek and Roman history, and through the early founding of America, 
in the common law, then various statutes. None of them permitted abortion like this. Well, the Hippocratic Oath is to first do no harm. So to commit an abortion harms not only a child, but also the mother. But let's go back even further and talk about biblical the scripture, yeah. what does it talk about the sanctity of human life? And how many scriptures talk about, I mean, God is the creator of life. We are made in his image. And there's no Bible verse stating that life only starts at the second or third trimester. From the moment of conception, life is created because God created it. Yeah, you have lots of Bible scripture that talk about the sanctity of human life. You have, for example, in Jeremiah. Jeremiah was someone who was called from the very womb by God in Jeremiah chapter 1, and God knew him and actually placed a call on his life to be a prophet in the very womb. So you, you have those kinds of scriptures. You also have Psalm 139 with regards to God knowing your inward parts and knowing you from the, uh, the womb. And obviously, you, you, you know, God knows you intimately and knits you together in the very womb. You are an individual right. uniquely created in the image of God. He knows every cell in your body, every hair on your head, even before the creation of the earth, he knew you. Yeah, this is Psalm 139 and uh, verse 13. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. It's kind of a picture of this um, person knitting, and God is just knitting a unique individual together, creating a unique individual. I praise you, it says, verse 14, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And he does not make a mistake. Now, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of of the earth, referring to being woven together, created in the mother's womb. Mm -hmm. And what happened is the Supreme Court went against all of that history, went against biblical history, went against the history going back to the Greeks, even the Romans, through our early founding, the common law, all the statutes, and then magically tried to invent a right to kill children. They didn't know where to find it. They said it could be in the first, the second, the fourth, uh, could be in the 14th. Oh, it's somewhere in there, the Ninth Amendment. Um, we don't know, um, but it's also like maybe just glowing around the edges like the penumbra of an eclipse. Mm. It's just glowing from outside of the edges. Talk about that for constitutional interpretation. And that was a tragedy. And then they said, well, we don't even need to determine when life begins. Well, no, you do, because that is a real specific question. And we know unequivocally that life begins at the moment of the sperm and the egg coming together. And we now know that it actually creates a flash of light right. when the two come together, when human life actually uh, begins. And instead of side, the Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton were based on lies. Neither of those women wanted abortions or got abortions. Or neither of them got it abortions It was the attorneys either. that finagled them. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big fraud perpetrated on the... United States Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court in its activist position imposed this and caused a huge tragedy. It needs to be reversed. Mm -hmm. We filed a brief in the case of Dobbs coming out of Mississippi. That's a law that has been challenged. It bans abortion uh, prior to viability after 15 weeks. 
And so it takes a direct uh, challenge to Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton, all the Supreme Court prior cases. That was argued on December the 1st. We filed a brief showing the tragic history of abortion as it relates to eugenics and eliminating certain races, uh, which is Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood's mission. That's what she wanted to do by eliminating certain races through first contraception and then eventually through abortion. Well, now it is time to recognize this tragedy, to repent of this tragedy, and to speak of it and pray that it ultimately ends. I pray, Holly, that later this year, the Supreme Court in the Dobbs decision will overturn the tragic decisions of Roe v. Wade and the 1992 abortion decision, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Right. We should know that by June, right? By the end of June, I think it'll probably be one of the last cases that the Supreme Court ultimately decides, but it'll be a huge case. If they ultimately overrule it, then the battle goes back to the states, and the majority of states will protect uh, human life. There'll be some that uh, might, uh, like New York, uh, and even Florida, because Florida has a bad Supreme Court case going back to 1989, uh, that can be reversed because there's a number of justices on the court that would no longer support that decision. So there's going to be battles at the lower courts and the lower legislators uh, across the country to make the womb a safe place once again. So remember this year, as you're um, coming to this weekend, January 22, what you can do, ask the Lord what you can do to be a voice. You can either be a voice, mm-hmm. be some kind of activist uh, action, or support organizations like Liberty Council and others that are fighting for the unborn, for the precious human life that God uh, individually created in the womb. Such a tragedy, and it must end during our lifetime. I believe right. it will end during our lifetime. You know, it's been 49 years since this tragic decision. It's time to end it. But there are things we can do. We can pray, as you said. We can be activists. We can become sidewalk counselors. We can speak up. You know, we need to be talking about this in the church of all places. We Absolutely. need to be addressing this in the church. And reach out to people in your church and in your community that are dealing with this kind of issue mm-hmm. to give support and counsel. And encourage your pastor to speak about these issues, not just on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, but periodically throughout the year. For more information, visit Liberty Council's website, lc.org. That's lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org.